Hi, I'm Namusa. And I'm Adadana. And this is the Africana Podcast. Now, I don't know uh, what our words really are. It's okay. We'll make them up. We'll make them up. No one knows what we are saying. But it's right. Hello, listeners. Hey, listeners. <sighs> The proverbial sigh. Yeah, it's a deep exhale. Yeah, I don't even know. Where where do we begin? Where do we begin? Well, I think we should begin with this is our season recap episode. So this will be the last episode of the season. Um, But don't fret, we are coming to you with fresh, new, exciting content towards the end of the year. Yes. So we're taking a bit of a hiatus with our new season format. And we thank you for rocking with us for the last few months throughout our new attempt, or rather our new idea of having a season approach and also listening and giving us such great feedback on what another thing that we instituted for the first time, which is our ally series. Um, and the fact that we've broken our Africana glass ceiling and interviewed men to talk about their thoughts on gender equality, gender bias, and the role that men can play in ending it. So there's been a lot of newness this year, but really that's just a reflection of all the newness around us. But really quickly, Namusa, before we get into how we're both doing and what the last few months have been like personally, because I know the listeners have been hearing our interviews to date. This is a rather special occasion, and I'm trying to guess if you by chance know what it is. Uh, meaning the day that it's recorded or this episode? You got to give me a little bit of uh, a hint. In general terms, in broad terms, this time, let's say. Okay, well, I know that we have an anniversary that we celebrate around this time. Am I, is that right? Yes, precisely. It only took me many years to figure out what the anniversary day was. So the first episode was uploaded August 25th, 2016, which is a whole four years ago. So we've had a podcast for four years, which is... Uh, yeah, yeah, beyond my wildest beliefs. I'm loving it, but I am surprised. I don't know if we can edit in pomp and circumstance because this is kind of a graduation. Do, 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 remember. That really will tell you how old people are. If like, if that was the graduation, if that was your graduation era, that song was a bop. Yeah. yeah, how old you are and where you grew up. I want to say that was a, a very North American thing, but maybe I'm not sure how widespread vitamin C was. I mean, I know how widespread vitamin C is like the thing itself, but like her as an artist and that as a song. You're not talking about the, the supplement or the mineral that helps you not get sick? No, I'm referring to the artist who had orange hair and gave the world graduation. And then I don't think she had another song after that. That was a major hit. So if one can maybe say one hit wonder definition maybe she might have had another one and I just don't know but that was definitely huge um but anyway long story short it's our four-year anniversary we have a podcast college degree and for those of you who have been with us since the beginning we can't thank you enough and for those of you who have come along the way we also can't thank you enough and we really do appreciate it so actually I'm going to claim that as a PhD you know how I like love to use like because if you think about it, right, <laughs> stick with me in this, added on in listeners, that mm. you can also get a PhD within four years. And the amount of blood, sweat, tears, and money that have gone into making this podcast what it is today, I think really is beyond Herculean efforts. 
And I think it's deserving of a PhD. So I'm going to say that we have a PhD in podcasting. I feel comfortable saying that. Don't call me, don't call us doctor though. Like, no, don't do that. We you don't need to do that. You can call me, you can call me doctor. Doctor, uh, Dr. <laughs> Namusa Nadadana. But PhD, so podcast, what would the H stand for? Podcast H degree, not HOTEP. And probably not HOTATION, although we have talked about those on our podcast. How are folks doing with that in the COVID era? I feel like well, you should say that. We were on that. We talk about people's yeah, let's yeah uh, situations or entanglements a little later. Oh, yes. oh, that that has happened. Oh dear, yeah, true. So much to talk about. But yes, I would say that we have a podcast PhD and listeners. As Addie just said, we are so grateful that you've stuck by us through our trials and tribulations. You've seen us and the podcast evolve over the last four years, and we're really grateful. Um, and here's to many more years clink clink here here so namusa so Addie, tell us what what have the last few months been like for you so <laughs> great question i don't really even know where to start and i know we say that every time but i'm gonna start on a positive note because i think that maybe that's what the world needs more of including myself so or what started out as a yeah, challenging situation that became a really incredible situation. So I, um, I'm not sure if the listeners know this, but well, they do know that you and I are not in the same place currently. So I have been in South Africa and Adidane is in Kenya. And normally we record together in person in Kenya. That would have been challenged obviously by the COVID and like seeing people restrictions. And I just don't think that mask podcasting probably would sound the same. So we probably would have done it digitally anyways, but now we have a time zone and many kilometers in between us. And so the backstory as to how that happened was I was supposed to come to South Africa for five days um, around the one-year memorial of my father's passing. And I ended up staying for five months. (laughs) Yeah. So that happened. And when you travel, like I'm a very effective packer and a very um, efficient (laughs) traveler, but I only brought like I brought like summertime outfits because when I came five months ago, it was summertime in South Africa. Um, And I was, yeah, I was looking forward to seeing family and friends um, and like celebrating my dad's life. Yeah. And connecting with people that um, are community and family with me in South Africa. I have many, many, many lessons learned from these last five months. One, that I packed enough face wash to last me a month and a half in not very much space. So I'm very proud of myself. Uh, my packing was mm-hmm. off. The bigger thing there is that um, I stayed with two very absolutely incredible friends who I don't know if fate would have had it any other way of us living together over the, unless it was for these last five months. So I can't foresee a situation where we would have been able to spend all this time together. They are a married couple who are so warm, so kind, so welcoming. Um, When we first went into lockdown in South Africa, we thought it would be 21 days. It ended up being five months. They have fed me, like literally cooked for me, which is absolutely incredible. They have Love language. Yeah, put a roof over my head. They've made me coffee, which, but if we want to talk about new love languages arising, coffee, making me coffee or bringing me coffee is a love language because it it emerges my acts of service, love language, as well as gifts. So, yeah, let it be known. I'm accepting all coffees. And so they've just been absolutely incredible. And I think one of the big takeaways for me has been uh, that I'm a better person when I live with other people, which I didn't necessarily oh. see coming. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, yeah. So, so the two takeaways there is I'm a better person when I live with other people. And then the kind of the conditionality or the second part of that is that you need to surround yourself with people who are also good people to live with and who have good habits. And both of my friends have like, they are really great at working out. So I've been working out consistently for the last five months, four times a week, which is been a game changer. So I've always worked out. I just haven't worked out this consistently. Um, and I feel really strong and really good in my body, which is a great place to be. We've been eating well. There is obviously a ban on drinks. So I haven't had as much wine as I enjoy normally, but it's yeah, like just health wise, I feel like I'm in a really good place. Um, and that's a lot thanks to the people that I've been living with who have really good habits. And so I'm very, very grateful. I could go on and on and on about them, um, but I will leave it there. But over these last five months, um, having people show up for you in incredible ways that you didn't even know that you would have to ask for, you didn't know was possible, um, has in so many ways reassured my faith in humanity. That's amazing. Yeah. And wow. The, do you think that you would live with other people upon your return to Nairobi whenever that day comes? Uh, so that's a good question. So I, yeah, so I think it's important to let the listeners know that I am uh, leaving South Africa and I'm going to go to Canada to see, I'm going to go to Toronto to see my family because I haven't seen them for quite some time. And they're obviously like very important to me. So I'm going to spend some time with my family. So I will not be a, like living alone for a kind of until I go back to Kenya. Um, and I don't know when going back to Kenya will be because it, like just have to wait till it's safe to do so. And... I do live alone generally in Kenya. And so I'm just thinking, what would my life look like when it is time to go back to Kenya and I do live alone? So does that mean having people stay with me more frequently? Does that mean turning an entanglement into a, something more than an entanglement? Um, ah. which we will get to <laughs> later on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like just, I know that I'm going to solve for living with other people who have good habits um, and who are wonderful just because I'm a better version of myself. So yeah, that's kind of like the positive stuff or the more like adulty stuff uh, that's come out of these last five months um, is that people are wonderful in humanity. Yeah, there's still like glimmers of hope in a lot of really great people doing seemingly small acts, but that really, yeah, are life-changing. What about you, Addie? What's one of the things um, you have taken away or that you want to talk about this year? <sighs> well, first off, I'm glad to hear about the positive experience. I'm a little bit wary about what part two is going to bring, but let's just stay in this moment. <laughs> I... I've all in all had a really good four and a half to five months. So unlike Namusa, I have a roommate, but my roommate went back to his home country once borders closed. And so I have effectively for the first time lived by myself. I think this is the first time I've lived by myself for this amount of time as an adult. And I think I had a similar experience in the sense that the reverse kind of happened, which is... I realized I had no issues living with myself, by myself rather, and, and, and thus no issues living with myself also. <laughs> and I think one of the most beautiful things of this last, the last few months is the way that I've been able to prioritize me in this time. 
And so I took a very, for me and my previous habits, radical approach to this season, which was to not see anybody in person and to not leave the house at all. I think I left, I've left the house three times in the last four and a half to five months. That is a tray radical approach. Yeah. And so it, at the beginning, it was a little bit about COVID and wanting to stay safe, but it quickly emerged that this was going to be a really special time and it's not time that's often given. And I wanted to make the most of it for me. And I quickly got the sense that what that meant was I needed to really get my literal and metaphorical house in order. And so this was an opportunity to do that. And so I had taken the lease over. I think I signed on the dotted line like the week before the pandemic hit (laughs) in Nairobi. And so the first month was, you know, just getting organized and moving. So I moved from the smallest bedroom to the master bedroom. And I think that has been a huge shift in terms of also how I see my place, not only in my own home, but just kind of in the world. I think I have a more expansive view of who I am and what I can achieve and what I deserve just from the simple fact of taking over a lease and moving to the larger room. I was going to make a reference about master's tools and master's house, but I don't think that that fits in the context. (laughs) Not the same, not the same. (laughs) And so that was, that was the first kind of step to organization of, you know, just moving within my home, but moving and then decorating as best that I could, you know, considering that mobility was limited. And it was interesting. I found myself for the first time in my adult life, my home looked like me and there was also literally nowhere else to go. And I thought the timing of that was, I felt like there was a little bit of a wink from God, (laughs) you know? A, A double wink, I feel like. You know, I don't think it's an accident that for the first time where st- your home is is where you are, not necessarily mandated, in some places actually mandated, but it was a little bit more relaxed here in Nairobi, but I took it to an nth degree just because of I knew I knew what I needed to do for myself. You know, it's not an accident that for the first time, I'm the one time that my house looks like me is the one time that I have to stay in the house the whole time. Once I think the housing situation kind of got sorted, I think what flew, what kind of grew from that was realizing, I think that I was at the center of a very niche Venn diagram that would allow me to, to really make the most of this time. So, you know, I'm not partnered. I don't have children and I don't have to teach them long division, you know, and try to be their teacher and keep them fed at the same time. Like many of our friends who are parents, you know, have been struggling with of juggling for the, you know, in the last few months, you know, I I can pay my utilities and how I have utilities, you know, I have access to entertainment. I have access to communication tools that allow me to connect with people and do a virtual game night or to connect with folks from home. I'm gainfully employed. I'm grateful for that. And also I'm an only child, so I know how to entertain myself. Uh, So (laughs) I'm laughing at the, and in summary, I'm an only child. So I've been ready for this my whole life. Yeah. And so I think one of the biggest learnings, and there's been quite a few, and this could be a TED Talk by itself, but I think one of the biggest learnings for me was, I don't think I'm as much of an extrovert as I think I am, or I thought I was. And what this time has taught me was that I think I used extroversion and other people and my social life, and actually to a similar degree, my dating life as a distraction from the work that it is that I needed to do to get to the place that I want to get to. 
because it's a lot easier to focus on the person that hurt you. It's a lot easier to focus on how you can help others and how you can be there for others. And, you know, all the external decisions that you can't control rather than actual focus, actually focusing on yourself and, and dealing with the things that you can control, but that actually take work. And as a result, I've realized that, you know, whenever normalcy returns or whatever version of it that happens, whether it's a vaccine or we all just either get it or don't, you know, I don't think I will be as out as much because I think for the first time in, I think, my adult life, I'm the center of my own universe. And that is a really powerful feeling. And I can see just the dividends of that in the last few months in particular. I think my creativity has gone up. I'm working on writing projects that I've, that I've either had ideas about, like from seven years ago, or new ones that have popped up. So at the moment, I'm writing three separate things, three separate ideas. That's impressive. I've read. I have worked out. And I think I should maybe start from the beginning, which is to say that I had phases for my social distancing slash quarantine. So I knew phase one was going to be heart work and heart as an H-E-A-R-T, heart, the heart. And so that was me just sorting through emotions and thoughts and particularly in the area of dating where an entanglement, since that's now the term du jour, effectively Can, can uh, you just explain in case any of our listeners missed where entanglement came from? Because it's a, it's a fave now. I find it hard to believe that anybody missed where this came from. <laughs> but in the spirit of inclusion, because we do realize that that is not just because Twitter's talking about it doesn't mean you know. An entanglement was Jada Pinkett Smith's way of describing her affair with an R-being singer named August Alsina while she was separated from her husband, Will Smith. That is where entanglements maybe have been used before as a term, but this red table talk in which she described this moment of her marriage and in her personal development kicked off the use for sure. So back to the entanglement in question, there was an entanglement that ended as a result of COVID because we don't live in the same place. And while I was willing to invest a bit of time, you know, once a week, what have you, having a conversation, getting to know each other to see if this was something we wanted to pursue, he was not interested in that because he doesn't like long distance. And that was what he said. And of course that hurt. It hurt to know that, you know, you were willing to give an hour a week of your time to like getting to know somebody, but they weren't willing to do the same. And that led me to, to do something that I've heard about, but I never quite actioned on, which was a relationship audit. And so I literally went down. So setting his car on fire. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Can you do that remotely? Is there a Zoom chat function? Isn't that what car starters set- are for? Did I miss that chapter? How, no. How to set your entanglement car on fire <laughs> from another country? I feel like um, that is the waiting to exhale version of 2020. <laughs> I digress. Just like Go for it. Um, so anyhow, so did the relationship audit. I went through and I went through kind of the whole gamut and spectrum of like what an entanglement could be, right? So it's either like a non-committal makeout, <laughs> you know, a, a, an actual relationship, dating, etc. So I went through that and I was really trying to solve for two things. And I was solving for one, I think I had told myself this story that I hadn't advocated for myself very often, or I hadn't asked for what I wanted very often. And then I also told myself that like, I'd mostly been heartbroken rather than any other kind of like emotion related to like how I feel about the things that have happened in the past. And it was a pretty in-depth audit. I mean, a McKinsey consultant would be very, very proud. Rose, Do you have like columns. a spreadsheet? I'm, I'm, like, I'm genuinely asking. 
And how did you know how to list? And like, is that something that you, not the content, but is that that structure something that you'd be willing to share with, you know, people like me? Sure. I'm happy to share. (laughs) I'm happy to share it with you. And I'm happy to share with listeners if it is something that is of interest, or maybe we can just put a template version on the, on the, in the notes, but it asked, you know, yes, it was the person's name. It was the person, you know, when it started, when it ended, how it ended, why did it end? How did I feel about the situation? How was I treated? How did I treat them? Where, where was I in that point in time in my life? So kind of how was I feeling about life in general when this person kind of came in? You know, was there a certain magical quality to it? Was it special? Did it kind of stand out from the rest? And if so, why? Is there a general takeaway to be had from the situation? And one of the columns was also like, did you show up for yourself? Did you ask for what it is that you wanted? And then what does that look like in the situation? And what was the condition that allowed you to do this? And if you didn't, what was the condition that prevented you from doing so? And then there was another column of like, how did you feel in hindsight, looking back on this experience and this person, how do you feel about this interaction? I am here for all of this. I cannot wait to get my hands on this. Did I not say the first episode of this season in 2020, you got to move different to receive different and a bitch started a whole spreadsheet. (laughs) Amen. But anyhow, so I had told myself that I was probably more heartbroken than anything else. And I'd also told myself that I didn't advocate for myself very much. And I realized that actually the prevailing word throughout all of these experiences, not all, sorry, but most of them, the majority was disappointment. I was actually just disappointed for a really long, for most of these interactions. And furthermore, I was disappointed because I had actually asked for what I had wanted. And I just asked people who weren't able to meet me there, whether it was they couldn't meet me emotionally or they couldn't literally meet me physically because they stood me up or what have you. And I think it kind of put in perspective, I think, why dating has felt the way it has felt over the years. I am tired. I am tired. I think I have been seeking this Disney fairy tale for nearly three decades and I'm tired. And I, now that I see the names and I remember the interactions and some people I completely forgot about, like I did this exercise, I think in April slash May. And it took like in June, I was remembering people like, Oh snap, I forgot about that guy, (laughs) you know? And it happens to the best of us. It happens. Yeah. You know, (laughs) listen and be like that sometimes. And honestly, like I realized like why I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted because I have been wanting this thing or I've been seeking it, something that's out of my control, something I can't dictate not being met were and asking for what I want, not getting it for the most part. So no wonder I'm tired. And so I then realized that the word that I want in any row that comes new or comes after this current moment is I want the word that I have for any person that comes into my life moving forward. I want it to be gratitude. I want whatever happens, whether it's a non-committal makeout or an actual one or two dates or a relationship, whatever, I want to be grateful that it happened because I don't have enough experiences where I'm actually grateful that they happened. For the most part, it's kind of mostly nonsense. Like I could have done without it. Mm. Sure, I learned along the way, but I could have done without it. And that's not a great feeling to have at the age of 32 when you look back and no, you're that's, like, yeah, wow. that's a terrible <laughs> feeling to have. You're just like, this is not, I'm not, I, I'm not pleased and this needs to change. And so I focused on, you know what, from now on, I want gratitude. And so I updated my mm-hmm. apps and I said, okay, I said, if you, you know, what I'm looking for is I want to be grateful for your presence, your entry into my life, whatever happens. And if that's something you think is possible, swipe right. And, and it was interesting. I actually, 
So I actually got a few decent matches in terms of like kind of solid individuals, because I think that is a red flag to people who have nonsense in their spirit. <laughs> they're like, oh no. If they're, if they're coming with their fuckboy energy, they're not going to like gratitude is not the word that they're leading with unless they now have the Brene Brown language. And then maybe that's a 2.0, but like. Listen, I mean, PhDs are given to all types of people. Like there are some folks who are really skilled and may still get through the filter, but I'm doing my part to ask for what I want. So at least I can, I can say that much. And so I didn't meet anybody because this was also now the COVID time of like, you know, ooh, how's this going to work? And after a few conversations, I just realized, you know what I need more than anything else? I need a break. And I deleted all my apps on June 1. And I have given up the pursuit of partnership for all of 2020. And uh, that, that was like the drop mics moment. Yeah. And it feels really good. Good. It feels really good. I mean, it is incredibly nourishing. I don't think it's an accident that I'm working on three creative ideas at the mm. same time because I have the time to do that and I'm not yeah. letting and the emotional and the emotional space. Me. And actually, uh, a spoiler alert, one of the creative ideas is based on this relationship audit. So it's all coming full circle. But please turn a guidebook. (laughs) It's not it's not an accident. And I feel again, to reiterate what I said earlier, I feel like for the first time in my adult life, I'm the center of my own universe and everybody and everything has its correct place in relation to me. And it took me doing the work It took me recognizing that this was a very special time and I should use it to figure out why it was special. And honestly, more than anything else, I think I'm really proud of myself for knowing that this was a special time and acting accordingly. Despite the fact that I could have been out here, I could have done what I was doing before. I I, I haven't even taken a walk in Karura Forest. And I think what gives me, I think, the most pleasure out of anything else is knowing that I did exactly what I, Adadana Asheber, was supposed to do in this season. And that is orgasmic. That feels so good. Some pretty powerful stuff, Eddie. I'm really proud of you for recognizing, one, that that's what you needed. And two, like doing the work to, yeah, just being like radical about investing in yourself. And that now you're receiving the dividends from that. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate no, that. I think that's a big, that's a And huge, I think now that I have a lot of growth. Ooh, girl, (laughs) that (laughs) never goes out of style. So I realized I talked about my seasons of social distancing and I never finished. The first one was heart work, which led to kind of everything else. The second one was body work. So I started with 10 minutes of morning yoga before doing anything, before checking my phone, before taking a shower, just like the first get out of bed, do yoga. So I did 10 minutes of yoga for 30 days. I did 20 minutes of yoga for 30 days. And then I upped to 30 minutes of yoga for 30 days. And day 90 was last Thursday. I am clapping. I don't know if you can hear, but I am clapping aggressively. That's super impressive. Thank you. And that led to then working out in the evenings as well. And there's a variety and like, my goodness, fitness, YouTube. I mean, this whole time people have known, I mean, I know, but that was never me. I never did that. But you know, I work out almost every night, whether it's a dance class or it's a cardio thing or what have you. But And that has also made a big difference. And I probably, if if your cameras really are recording you at any given time, then the CIA and NSA have really great videos of me doing like Bhangra and like a bunch of random workouts over the last few months. And I think for me, what that taught me was A, that I could do that. But B, also there are times you don't want to do it, but you have to do it anyway. And I think if you want to do creative projects, that is an incredible lesson to learn because yeah, you don't want to write, but you have to do it anyway. 
And then phase three was creativity. And I knew it was going to be creativity before I knew that I was actually going to be creative. But I knew that that was going to be phase three. And And how did you know that out of curiosity? I don't know. I just knew from the beginning, phase one, heart work, phase two, body work, phase three, creativity. I just knew. I don't know. I I honestly, I can't tell you. I don't know if it's because God told me. I don't know if I told myself. We worked together and co-created that. I honestly, I could not tell you. But I knew immediately those would be the three phases of my It sounds like a better version of Eat, Pray, Love. (laughs) I'm just going to put it out there. Get you a book deal. I mean, hey, listen. And, and the creativity happened, you know, as a result of kind of everything. And I realize I've kind of told this story in a bit of not a chronological order. And then the fourth and fifth phases, which I added, I think a month and a half ago or so, was to learn more about Ethiopian history and Ethiopian faith. So the Ethiopian Orthodox faith, of which it was the faith that I was raised in. And admittedly, like, you know, I, I adhere to, to some of what the church asks for, which is, you know, fasting regularly, et cetera, but actually having a sense of like why we do why what we say we do. And also because the situation in Ethiopia is so hectic and secretive and also I don't really know what's going on and it's hard to know which sources to trust. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to read what I can on my own. And so I read one book, I'm in the middle of another. And so I'm learning more about Ethiopian history, I think in the last month and in the last three, 30 plus years, you know, because we, I knew about like the high level version, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know the details, yeah. you know, it's like, okay. So like Adua, <laughs> the emperor. Yeah. Adur, <laughs> yeah. Meles. Nobel peace prize. Here we are. Nobel peace prize. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like basically, it's like the white person's equivalent of black history in the United States. Like, okay. Slavery, uh, civil war, Jim Crow, civil rights era, hip hop. Obama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Black Lives Matter. Yeah. I'm taking it upon myself to know more. So that's what I'm doing. And do you feel that you're connecting with your roots and your heritage in any ways differently than, or do you have, do you feel like you have new insights into that connection? I don't know if I have insights into the connection, but I definitely have more facts. Like I just know a lot more and more broadly. I think this current moment, I am the most, I think, physically, intellectually and mentally nourished in recent memory, if not my entire adult life. And one other thing that I forgot to mention, but I'm also very proud of, I have not ordered delivery this whole time. So no Uber Eats or pizza delivery. I have cooked for myself. Now that's a life skill. And the one exception is a friend sent me over a meal that she had made and it's a meal not available in Nairobi. And my rule was if I can make it for myself, I'm not going to order it. And so she sent me something that's not available and I was like, all right, fine, I'll take that. But other than that, I have cooked for myself for four and a half to five months. And if you know me, and maybe I have mentioned this on other episodes, you know that that is some growth. (laughs) And, and also just really impressive, right? Like, not like obviously, I jokingly was like, being able to nourish yourself is a life skill. But I think like being able to nourish yourself and like do it well and enjoy it and like practice different methods of like different styles of cooking and different types of cooking and knowing like quantities and like, yeah, being able to cook for yourself as like a love language, but also being able to cook for other people if that's what you so choose eventually. I think it's like such a beautiful skill and also transcends so many cultures in terms of food being kind of a central way in which people come together or or like bond around. So yeah, I'm here for all of this. So I'm glad that you are nourished in your heart and in your creativity and on the, like your body, but also on the food front. That sounds like absolutely amazing. And I'm here for any creative projects that spawn out of it. 
Thank you very much. So that would be, that is my time. That's, um, and I realize I rambled a little bit. So thanks everyone for coming on the journey, but it's hard to talk about five and a half months <laughs> when you've literally spent only time with yourself <laughs> in that time and try to like distill that into like what it all meant. So that's me. You're doing great, sweetie. You're doing amazing, sweetie. Yeah. So over to you. What else would you like to share? Yeah. So I feel like you very, I'm like, I'm going to be frank. I'm like blown away in a really wonderful and beautiful way by kind of all the realizing what your quarantine time has looked like and what it has meant for you. Um, And then just, yeah, how beautifully you articulated it. Um, So thank you. Yeah. And I hear you when you say like, what is five months meant for me? Um, I led with this at the beginning, so I will talk about it um, just because I think there's like some nuggets of life here. So one of the, the things that I have spent a lot of time talking to other friends about both like friends of all genders was about dating during COVID and like how people, depending on the city that you were in. So like whether you were in New York when kind of the lockdown first happened or whether you're in South Africa or Kenya or Toronto, like London, like you name a city. And I probably have had a, well, close to conversations with people around um, what dating has been like for them because I'm really interested in how people connect with other people. And so, and obviously like being in the same proximity to somebody in terms of like physical connection is one thing, but how do people also connect emotionally and how has that changed dating outside of, or how does that change intimacy? Does it enhance intimacy Mm -hmm. for some people? Does it take away from intimacy for others? And so I think that I have been in a unique situation in that and I'm going to call them entanglements just because it's joking. Like, it's funny. Um, I appreciate <laughs> And it wasn't like, they're not affairs because I'm not married. But I was dating somebody when I first came to South Africa who was definitely not the one. We had the complete opposite views on the political spectrum. And yeah. well, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Well, that I'm now realizing who you're talking about. And yes, yeah. yes, yes. So, can confirm. <laughs> while that resulted in him violating some key boundaries that I needed to reinforce, I'm actually very grateful that that happened because it reminded me, it made me get very clear and articulate on where my boundaries are, both from a, these are my like political boundaries. These are my personal boundaries. These are my emotional boundaries. Because I, I know often in dating, when we talk about boundaries, it's often in a way of like what our emotional needs are. But yeah, I just had not been, I had not dated somebody in a long time who had such a drastically, like entered the conversation from such a drastically different perspective. And that didn't jive well with my spirit. And I don't think worked for him either. So that was a lesson. So that's how I, that's how I came into kind of, yeah, came into the five months of what then became uh, lockdown. Mm-hmm. But within that time, I was in two entanglements, which I did not see coming at all, at all, at all, at all. So one was through a friend and like a a very, very close friend uh, who connected me with somebody that she went to university with. And I learned a lot. Yeah, I learned a lot from him in terms of like that there really is somebody for everybody. And while it didn't work out for other reasons, him and I were speaking like every other day for like three hours plus and for a long sustained period of time. And so like that 
the connection with him like really reinforced the feeling of serendipity because like this was like he came into oh, my life serendipity. Like, yeah three days after it ended with the person who I was who was on the other end of the po- political spectrum as me and also started out as a work conversation and then kind of yeah got into so, a work conversation yeah hey. yeah. <laughs> yeah and so like I also felt really grateful for that because like that entanglement reminded me that like you can be anywhere and meet people or like you can like you know how people jokingly say like you got to get out there because somebody's not going to break into your home and watch Netflix next to you and you know what I want to challenge that argument not that he broke into my home but like I was going to say, uh, Namusa, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) You're like, cut, 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 like edit, edit, edit. Um, Wait, no, we got to take that out. Take that out. (laughs) No, but, but just to say like, what is meant for, I, it really, really affirmed my belief in like, what is meant for you will not pass you by. And for me, that makes, I, I just feel like a sense of relief that like, yeah, just focus on the stuff that's meant for you and let everything else kind of fall by the wayside and you will have inevitably like stronger connections with people. Um, you will be grateful for your time with them, even if it's not forever. Yeah. So gratitude definitely came out of that first entanglement. And then the second entanglement, I definitely did not see. This is somebody that I've known for quite some time. We, yeah, have like known each other socially. And then, yeah, we just started chatting more and more over time. Because I I find that like everybody, like we all have time all the time, but especially during quarantine, people have more time, which is also something I'm conscious of, right? Is like, do you really like this person? Like, do you want to be in an entanglement with this person? Or is this that you're bored? So like, is it an actual entanglement? Or are you trying to build with this person? And that- I hear you though, yeah. Yeah, that person made me feel- incredibly safe and I don't know how to describe I'm trying to think of like some of the that person made me feel incredibly safe to be a hundred percent myself and and yeah yeah we love safety and uh yeah and in a way of like all of the ways of being myself right so like that person knew about the previous entanglement not not in like like to details that are appropriate not to like levels of like oversharing. Um, but I just was like, this is where I'm at. This is what has happened. This is how I feel about the situation, what it was like living in quarantine, what, what my hopes for like my future work life will look like, what my hopes for like my investing in myself in terms of my physical health, like what I'm eating and working out, my relationships with people that I care about, my fears. And it felt wonderful. And we eventually got to a place where it needed to end or like the kind of the romantic side of things needed to end because we don't live in the same city. And that was a decision that we both came to and that we wouldn't be in the city anytime soon. So like for years. And that was, yeah, uh, I, I know a difficult place for both of us um, because in, in quotes, nothing was wrong. And and in addition to nothing was wrong, everything felt really right um, except building intimacy with somebody else who is many miles away from you is hard, especially when there's not an end in sight. And so I am incredibly grateful, really, really, really grateful for him um, because it's reset the bar for like really not just saying that I'm going to show up as myself in relationship with others and to like romantic relationships, but like friendships, I find that a lot easier. Family, I find that a lot easier to like just be completely who I am. And yeah, that, that, that last, entanglement made it so that I, yeah, I I know that I can show up, um, exactly who I am in a romantic context. Um, and so 
extra, extra, extra grateful. Um, and I feel that kind of those, those three interactions with people in the last five months have meant like our learnings that I think sometimes it takes people decades to figure out. And so I know that that was kind of my portion for what was supposed to happen. And just being proud of myself for saying like, I, I think I said this on the podcast a long time ago, that like 90% is not enough. And now I'm willing to say that like 99% is not enough. Mm. Yeah. And so I am obviously like my personality is set up in a way that I'm really generally optimistic and hopeful. And th there's key pieces that need to be in place. Or I know for me that there's key kind of aspects that need to be in place. And I need to, I'm really cognizant of how I feel in relationship to other people and how I make other people feel. And things can be very, very good. But it's also thinking about like sustainability, um, whether that's like the emotional sustainability. So like, do you have similar values that can be like proximity? Will you see that person? Will you be able to like build intimacy physically and emotionally with them? And then I think the thing is like, are you on this? Like, are you looking for the same things in life? And so those are my entanglements. <laughs> Um, which actually sound like healthy, caring relationships, um, um, or healthy, caring dating, I would say. Um, and I recognize that that has not been a lot of people's realities, unfortunately, during COVID. Well, generally, but also during COVID. And so, yeah, I just want to send a shout out to everybody, regardless of your gender and regardless of uh, the gender that you're dating, that, yeah, to what's Anina Simone quote, to... I'm paraphrasing, but it's to <laughs> trust love and always trust love one last time. Again, paraphrasing. It's not a direct quote. Ah, uh, yes. I think I'm familiar with this one. Yeah. So a question for you. I knew you were going to have questions. Here we go. Um, that's why we're here. So it? you said, yeah, I was going to say like, well, of course you did, because that's <laughs> kind of what I'm here for. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, okay. So you say at first it was 90% isn't enough. And now it's 99% it isn't enough. So my question is, are you a stereotypical African father, in which case even 100% is not enough and you want extra credit? No, no, I, no, no, no. 100% is what we're striving for. Okay. I just wanted to, I wanted to see. Yeah. That's like the final goalpost. Like a hundred is it. Yeah. But a hundred for, for Numusa, right? Like, uh, no, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So like the right kind of mix of factors. So like sustainability, values, uh, do we laugh, longevity, good person, kind of all of that stuff. And I just, I feel so many, I, so many people have been brought into my life that fulfill so many of those. Yeah, I've dated just some really incredible people. Um, and I feel grateful for that. I think it's also because of the energy that I'm bringing. But I also, yeah, like dating great people isn't necessarily going to lead to, it doesn't always lead to that that's going to be your person, definitely. I hear you. Yeah. Well, I'm happy that you've had positive dating experiences during this time that have given you faith and have even upped the benchmark for what it is that you require um, in a positive sense. And now I'm dating and now I'm dating like excited about dating because I've had and that's great experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm not telling people to shoot their shot because like that always weirds me out. Um, but I am just <laughs> like, just such a weird, like if you're like, you have a podcast and you're like, Oh yes. Start with episode four so that you hear all the gory stuff first. And then you can decide if you still want to do this. No, I'm kidding. But not really. So you're not, <laughs> no, I'm not. No, like that's, you ask people like what their basic values are and then tell them to listen to this and tell them what they think. And if they're still around, then they, they're either a masochist or there's hope. Or they really like you yeah. <laughs> or both. Yeah. So I am yeah, looking okay. forward to this, this kind of like second 
season of, yeah, or this, yeah, kind of this next leg of the journey for dating. Yeah, I hear that. So I think I've gotten to a similar place about dating in terms of being excited for it for two reasons. The first is the fact that I have taken this break. And I am reclaiming my energy and restoring my spirit and refining my radar and just doing what it is I need to do to be in a good place to attract good things. And I want to make clear that there have been good things. It's just the majority of it has just been kind of, eh, you know, not much to write home about and not much to take someone home also too. And that's, and I think, life the is thing too that, short to feel mad about yeah. people or things. Yeah. So, and I think another reason why I'm excited about dating is that in the future, which is as part of this, these last few months is that I have, I think I found the language for how to ask for what I want. A, I'm getting clear on what I want. Yeah. And I'm also now clear on the language to ask for. And I think that in previous iterations of myself, these conversations felt like very high stakes conversations when in actuality, they really weren't. Just yeah. ask, what is, what are you, what are you available for? Yeah. That's it. That's it. It yeah. doesn't have to be, it felt like such, because I think we're pushed toward, you know, partnership is kind of the goal and you don't want to rock the boat. You don't want to say anything that might, you know, just let it wait, let it rock. Da, 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 da. Now, mind you, not everybody's in that position. And but I that also not, helps you make it really clear very quickly that like, it's not about right. like good people, bad people. It's just that you're not in the same spot and like saving yourself. And that's cool. Yeah. Saving your, both of yourselves, the kind of time and energy and having good, being grateful for, Manage, yeah. Managing yeah. expectations and being grateful for people for the amount of time that they are in your life. And because it's clear around where, what it is that you're able to give and what it is that you are looking to receive and vice yeah. versa. And asking for the information that you need to take care of yourself. And also in turn, giving other people the information that they need to take care of themselves so that nobody is making a false choice. So you recognize our friendship group has made fun of me for these for years, but this is like yes, 100% is the, the what I've been trying to get. Yes, what I've been trying to get everybody or like not everybody, <laughs> but like I have been what we call conferences in our friendship groups, meaning ask people. Bilateral for, summits. Yeah, bilateral summits. There's been like, <laughs> yeah, round tables, you name yeah, it. I think, um, I think because it's called a conference, that's why it gets jokes. If it's just a question, I think people get that. <laughs> you know, I think now it's become the conference, which is why it's being at, like, it's getting the jokes with it. But really, it's just a question, which is, what are you available for? Yeah. It's not like, do you want me? What are we? <laughs> no, just what are you what are you available for? Which is maybe what, you're just a conference is in summary. I know, but I think conference makes it again more high stakes, which is why you get the giggles. But in actuality, it's just a question. What are you available for? What am I available for? Okay, let's I'm, figure it out. I'm here for the conferences and, and, and the breakout sessions from what are you available for? Uh, because I yeah, now feel Zoom I have that breakout. emotional, yeah, the Zoom breakout sessions for your romantic conferences. Yeah. I feel like I have the language to work through because I think a lot of people similar to what you have just articulated, like when you ask, what are you available for? And other, and like, so you're giving that answer and expecting that answer from other people. You'd be surprised at the number of people who are not ever overtly asked that question or, Listen. yeah, or so they don't have the language um, mm-hmm. or they have been asked that question and they still don't say, they don't feel like they're in a place where they can articulate what their needs are or ask for what, yeah. what it is they want um, because they're worried that they are going to lose something 
Um, mm-hmm. And that's a scary, like that's a, we can talk about all this stuff theoretically, but like that's a scary place for many people to be both on the asking end and on the like answering mm-hmm. end. So I have done a lot of work in that space in my own life. And I found that it's only paid dividends. Yeah. And I wholeheartedly agree. And I think me learning how to communicate, articulate and communicate my needs in a way that's authentic to me has been one of the biggest learnings of the last five months. Because I think when you get advice from other people about what they would say, it's like, yeah, but that's not me. Like, that's not my tone. That's not like, I think me getting the, the crystallizing the question of what are you available for? That makes sense to me. But I think even like the word conference, I'm like, oh, that doesn't like, that doesn't like, I get the heart of it and the heart I agree with, but like the bilateral summit doesn't ring true for like my own spirit. But that simple question, because I say the quiet part out loud. I mean, I have a podcast, so clearly like we can talk. That makes sense to me. Just that simple question. What are you available for? Game changer. I wish I had known that question (laughs) in that format and in that order for the last however many years. But now I know. And as we say, when you know better you do better. Until you don't, and then you do better again. And then you don't, and then you learn, and then you're like, oh yeah, I shouldn't have done that. But you know, we, we grew. <laughs> yeah. No, 100%. <laughs> or, we really or, or it was sensational and we enjoyed ourselves. And so it's not a complete loss. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it's okay to make certain mistakes because you're getting something out of it. You're right? like, let's warm from the fire. <laughs> like, yeah, the, let's be very clear. Keeping you warm, <laughs> yeah, even though it was a big blaze. <laughs> I'm going to write a book about this. You know what I mean? Like your creative pursuits. Yeah. And I think one thing I will say to this question of dating as I have certain friends with normally high libidos where their libido is completely killed right now due to the world being on fire and, you know, current political situations in the countries that they live in. And they're just very fearful for what the future is and for themselves and their family. So there are some people that normally are ready to go and now could not be bothered, which has been really fascinating to watch. There are others who are business as usual, still out here in these streets, curfew be damned. It's like, oh, we just going to curfew together, you know, and that's cool. B-A-U. <laughs> yeah. And there's folks like me who have just said like, you know what? Someone didn't take me out the game. I'm going to take myself out the game. I'm going to bench myself. Me and coach. And you're yeah, the coach not, no, and, and the player no, and the star I'm, player. I'm the... I'm the coach. I'm the player. I'm the basketball court as well. <laughs> like also I'm the, the ref, opposing side. Like the I'm, I'm the ref. I'm in the audience. The whole thing, or in the stands, whatever. The NBA. I, I know. Took took myself out the game. That feels amazing. So it's really interesting to see the spectrum of like how people are using this time, and people are are using apps for the first time. And it's interesting when people ask for me about apps. I'm like, oh, welcome, young grasshopper. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like now getting cattle. Yeah. It's like, Oh, back in my day, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So there's that. And then there's moments where, cause as I mentioned, I have not seen, I think I've seen people a few times, well, mostly virtual, but there's been a handful of times where I needed help in the house with a chore. And so my neighbors have been kind enough to help me with that. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I haven't really had much physical, I haven't had in-person contact. And as a result, I mean, I haven't hugged any of these people. Oh, so all, all I want to do is hug people. <laughs> like I'm not, but I like, yeah, yeah I, and I, I really th- would like to hug people. And so I think that's another aspect. And that, that discussion, I think, is starting to increase in my friend group of what do you do? Like, you don't want to go to a massage. Like, you don't want to get a massage because you don't want to, like, put someone else at risk. You don't want to get your yeah. mani-pedi, like, you know, because you don't want to put someone at risk. Yeah. So, like, people are making choices, but you need to be touched. And so, or maybe some people don't. That, that's, yeah. you know, not yeah. everybody. Not but, yeah, if you, are, if you are being touched, you want it to be consensual. Yes. And also different strokes for different folks. And some people don't want to be stroked. And so that's cool, too. Fair. And that's their stroke. Fair. And so for those who do, however, 
how do you navigate this new normal? You know, how, who do you ask for a hug? If the only people you see are the folks who deliver your groceries or the people who run by you as you're going for a run, who, who does that? You know, who, and what does that look like? Is, is that something that you pursue? And so I have friends that are at a moment where they're starting to think about when is the next, and also I'm also in a similar position, although like the dating piece is like kind of changed the way I look at it, but Mm. giving up the pursuit of partnership does not mean I'm giving up the pursuit of pleasure. Those are two very different things. So So is this where we bring the hotation back in from the the start of the episode, the top of the episode? I don't, uh, I I don't don't know. Like COVID is more of of the WAP side of things. The who? WAP. Cardi oh, B right. and okay. Nicki Minaj. Yeah, I was like, wait, right. am I mispronouncing it? Because pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. No, it's not Nicki Minaj. It's Meg the Stallion. Oh, sorry. I can't believe I just said uh, that. Um, sorry. <laughs> Don't revoke my card. Sorry, I Meg. love you, Hawk Girl Meg. Meg, if you're listening, stay safe out there. Um, show after you've, yeah, recovered. Yeah. Um, sorry. And then there's, but yeah, there's, it's, um, yeah, I can't remember the point I made before you mentioned no, the you're talking about piece, touch, but, And you were saying that, um, yeah. and I said, hotation. what do you do? Yeah. How do you negotiate, how do you negotiate that? And how do you navigate that in this way of, you know, how, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a hard piece. And I'm talking, a lot of friends of mine are, especially the folks who are single mm-hmm. and who are living alone. Do you, those folks in particular. Yeah. And I technically am in that boat, but temporarily, because I do have a roommate who will eventually come back. But, but yeah, that's a hard piece. And that's a hard thing that folks are really, yeah, when is the next time I will give someone a hug or be hugged? And if I want to be responsible, if I don't want to be responsible, like, ah, you know, F it, whatever. Let me just like put on a mask and like you breathe that way and let's just do this. (laughs) You know? I feel like that is a business line. Just think, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Just breathe that way. We'll figure this out. And you know, you get like the BBC posted the other day about what's it called? How to like, well, actually the New York health department was very progressive and like in March talked about safe sex guidelines. And they said the best and safest sexual partner is your soul. And then glory holes. No. So I, okay. But if it's in, in semen, does that even help? So unclear. I know Dan. Yeah. Okay. Why don't we, instead of us going into like a deep dive on glory holes and semen and COVID. Well, children, um, young grasshoppers (laughs) gather around, um, have a listen to the Dan Savage episode on it. Um, yeah, sorry. I keep going. No, on, <laughs> I am sure there's actually many Dan Savage episodes on Glory Holes, um, which is also yeah, a sure. podcast. Uh, so not yeah. called Glory Holes, though. It's called Modern Love. <laughs> okay. I want to be very clear. Also, if anybody is listening to this podcast after listening to Andia's episode where we talk about gender lens investing and you came to this podcast because you know it's from work, welcome to the party. <laughs> no, we are we are all things, right? We, um, we are. We contain multitudes yeah, as yeah, well. Whole Whitman people. We really care about gender lens investing and business on the African continent and women's empowerment. Um, but we also care about people's sexual Pleasure. health yeah, and their empowerment. And so yeah. um, what I was going to say is... Is that the episode title, Glory Holes? Oh, what a way to make an entrance. Hey, sorry, I'm... Okay, never mind. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> no, what I was going to say, um, and because I don't know if you knew this about me, but my tendencies are when I can't sleep, I do a lot of research. So I'm, I research a <laughs> lot like a lot. And it has definitely picked up in the last five months. Um, so if you ever need anything researched, especially in a time that I can't sleep, I will, I'm your person. Um, yeah, like 
I should start a website kind of that's the level of research that I am able to pump out. So, and I, I think it's just because I'm like, I've always been really curious. And so this is one of the ways in which I address that curiosity. Yes. So I was looking into kind of the research on touch and like, why is human beings and people need various forms of touch? Um, and some people don't, um, and they get intimacy in other ways, yada, yada, yada. Sure. One of the important things though, about touch that many people experience and with the lack of touch, a lot of people are experiencing is around, uh, the releasing of certain hormones. Um, so hormones that, yeah. So like, like endorphins that make you feel happy, right? Or that you make yes. you feel safe or make you feel connected. And like, this is why as we've evolved as a species over time, touch has remained as kind of part of a central part of how we build intimacy with one another. And like, this is not just sexual, yeah, yeah. right? Like you, when you're talking about like you pet, like there's reason people like dogs, animals need to be, or like you pet dogs and you mm -hmm. uh, are happy from that, right? If you like dogs, because I know there's some people who are terrified. Anyways, um, one of the ways in which the, I forget who it was. If I remember, I will, I'll make sure that we quote it in the show notes. Like there's two ways that if you are alone and you need to experience touch and you want to mimic some of those endorphins is by hugging yourself for 45 seconds is one of like squeezing yourself for 45 seconds um, is one of the ways. And then another way is which is quite popular. Um, I don't know where you get them in Kenya, but I'm sure they exist, but are weighted blankets. Um, yes. And so what a weighted blanket is, is it's like, a, think of a duvet, um, but that they are weighted based on your body size and they make it um, difficult to, how do I say, like they, they, they limit mobility and that often for many people will simulate um, being held or being like coddled from when you're a baby or being like in a yeah. kind of like a cocoon feeling. For some people, people hate it because you can't get out or move as quickly. Um, <laughs> but I guess it's again around the waiting. But like those are two ways that if people are really struggling, might be worth checking out if touch is something uh, that people are, are missing at this time, which I can imagine they are. Yeah, Glory Holes is definitely going to be the name of this episode. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I that was I listening. I'm glad. I know that I that wasn't the takeaway of what you just said. I realized that. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, okay. So similar to what you just said, and thank you for giving the research and for, unfortunately though, that it came at the expense of your REM cycle, but definitely I've heard about weighted blankets. I know many people in the U S friends that I know have ordered them and really, really like them. And I always wondered if like Gabi's in Ethiopia was basically like the precursor to the weighted blanket. And if oh, my for, people, for 100%. Really, you, you just need like, like many of them. You need like the like stack Gabi's on stack actually, on stack. So, so if folks are not familiar, if folks are not familiar, agave is effectively a, a blanket, if you will, and uh, you know, knit on a loom. It's like a very beautiful, like it has embroidery on the bottom, but it's typically white. Um, and then you have like a bunch of colors kind of running toward uh, along the edges. And you'll see people, you know, day, night, whatever. People in Ethiopia are always covered, always. Women always have agave around them or a scarf around them. Their hair is covered. Like men as well cover themselves. I'm telling you, Ethiopians were the, we, not only did we give y'all coffee, but we also gave y'all the precursor and the idea for a weighted blanket. Cause I think we've been on this now for about 3000 millennia or 3000 years. I think we should claim it. And I think if you yes. should potentially whoever has the patent on those bad boys, if somebody does, I would take them to court. So you're welcome basically is what I'm saying. Um, and I hear that that makes perfect sense. Just for the record, my legal advice is not to take people to court, but if they do violate your patent, then yeah, do it. 
including cultural patents. That's like when the Dutch tried to patent a flower, which is only found in Ethiopia, or no. rather like that's the that, You know what that is, Eddie? That is a hard no. <laughs> that is the opposite of growth. Deterioration, yeah, I one think, would say. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. I haven't heard about hugging yourself. I guess that that could do it. Um, I haven't considered that yet. Like it's not a, it's, in my per- person, I'll speak only for myself. It's not a very big need at the moment in terms of just like being touched or like having like just holding someone or being held. But I can imagine, I can imagine Mm -hmm. like a few months down the line, like that is probably something that will come up or maybe it won't. Maybe my creative pursuits will hold me in a different way. Like who knows? But in terms of like, you know, general humanness, I feel like, all right, at some point that's going to come up. And so to anyone out there that is thinking similarly about how to navigate this and not even again, like in a sexual way, I feel like so much of touch has been sexualized Yeah, and we forget just, you know, when you hug your friends or you hug yeah. a loved one, you know, very basic level of touch, you know, it doesn't always have to go to, to sexual intercourse. Like there's a yeah. lot of touch that happens before that. <laughs> so, you know, just or, how or you not, even navigate. But like, <laughs> or not, or not. Yeah. And that's okay. But again, as long as it's consensual so touch across the board, whether, whether it's sexual or not, that's what we're here for. Yeah. So, you know, to all those who are trying to navigate that or to all those who have navigated it and have just decided it's worth the risk. Also kudos to you. <laughs> Cause I know that there are some folks, you know, as well, even among my friends are like, you know what, like it is what it is. We're all going to get it. Or we're, you know, it's like, you know, the Spanish flu ended because we were either people either died and that's a, a 50 million people. So it's not a, something to sneeze at or they got it and became immune. And that's basically how the flu ended. Took two years. So um, there are folks that have decided. So maybe what I'm hearing you say just, is that people should not, make the best decisions no, in their context. Because I'm saying there yeah, are some are people saying? who have already made... I've, I am saying there are people who have already made a call. But listen, this is a marathon, not a sprint. People are making decisions for themselves. In, and in different contexts, have to do with right? And understanding that ways. people are in different yeah. contexts, both individually, but also in terms of like COVID more broadly. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on. So I, I see why, I can see why folks are making the calls that they're making. Because if you realize that this is going to be the foreseeable future, because someone on a work call actually said this, like, yeah, so we don't expect to like run any activities till like 2022. And I'm like, Jesus. (laughs) They were like, tell us how you really feel. Like this is going to be with us for like the next two to three years. And I'm like, oh my word. And you know, there's, there's single people out there who this was their prime time. This was their time to find a partner. And now they're wondering, is that ever possible? Like, is this, is this pandemic mean that they're going to lose two to three years of of being able to find somebody that they want to spend the rest of their lives with. Like people are really, yeah, it's, I know there's a lot to tell you that have faith or don't, if that's not what you want to do. (laughs) Yeah. But that's, I feel like all of our advice is also do this, but also don't do this. (laughs) No, I'm like, but having faith is also part of like, if you decide not to have faith and like, that's you not, but I feel like life is easier if, or sorry, not easier definitely not easier but life is more manageable if you think actually i think it's harder (laughs) yeah i would say it's harder i firmly believe that connection in this time is possible even though i have personally decided it is not something that i will seek for the remainder of this year and are you seeking are you Um, seeking non-romantic connections in terms of new friends yeah or new people in your life i don't know if i'm seeking it honestly it's kind of hard to seek anything when you're staying (laughs) in the house let me tell you girl (laughs) to be fair possible 
Um, in terms of new friends, like, sure. Like, you know, you're on a webinar with mm. someone and you, you know, you hit it off or I've been on virtual baby showers. The best baby shower I have been to was a virtual one back a few months ago. It was amazing. And I'm like, you know what? I, this could, whenever that day comes for me, if it does come for me, it might just be virtual regardless of what the situation no, is. Cause this was, it was fantastic. Like they did Google slides and they did, you were able to decorate onesies virtually and they chose a one. Yeah. So they just did an outline of a onesie. And then because it was Google slides, they gave everybody access and you took a slide and you made your own onesie. That's excellent. Like you made, you, no, you drew your creativity own. Creativity will save us all. I know. And then they did, it was a Zoom baby shower, lasted one hour. And you all know that baby showers are like a whole day activity yeah, for yeah. those who have been to any. Um, it was one hour. <laughs> you, it sounds like you don't love the whole day activity baby showers. I don't know. Is that what I'm hearing you say? I didn't. I didn't realize that I disliked it until I did one that was an until hour. You're presenting and I was like, another oh. option. Yeah, and that's the thing. You don't realize, like, 90% isn't enough, right, Namusa? 99%, Addy. <laughs> and 99% isn't enough either. So I realized, oh, it can actually just be an hour. You can yeah. still be with all your people, feel the love, and keep it moving. <laughs> and another cool thing they did was they did Zoom polls. Yeah. So we gave them advice on, like, how to, quote-unquote, raise their children. So it's like, should we spank them? Like 90% said yes. Why? Because they're children of immigrants and that's how they were raised. Me, I was the 10%. I was like, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Again. Or like, you know, Zoom polls on like what their name should be. It was amazing. It was actually the best baby shower I've been to. Um, you know what that is? That's a hundred percent. I loved it. But I was, where was it making, where were we making? There, I was a point. There was a point and I was making it. There was a baby shower. Why did I mention baby showers? Ah, right. Seeking connections. So you can do these virtual events and you can meet people through them. Uh, you can meet people through them. And I believe it is possible that, yes, you can meet people through whether it's a virtual game night yeah. or, you know, what have you. But I, I don't know if I'm going to seek new bonds because I'm trying to do my best to still be a good steward of my current friendships, yeah. despite the fact that I'm taking a step back from seeing people in person yeah. and being as available as I have been to yeah. date and what I'm, and as available as I am known for being and, and known to be. Yeah. So I think it's more important to make sure that my current crew feels like I still love them, care about them, yeah. pouring into them, rooting for them. Um, and if new people come, then it comes, but the seeking, no, seeking is a strong term. Okay. So I wouldn't say I am. Okay. And yourself? What, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> I'm asking your question. Are you seeking new connections, non-romantic connections at this time? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I, I know because I asked it. Um, <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> uh, that's insufferable. Um, yeah, I would say, I think I'm always open to seeking maybe, maybe we do need to hang out with people. Yeah, maybe we do. Um, no, I was going to say, I think I'm always, like, generally my... Uh, way of operating is open to uh, new people. I've also had kind of like a whole host of people in my life for a really long time that I'm super grateful for and that I prioritize in terms of spending, like pouring into um, and mm. the, like vice versa. But yeah, no, I definitely am open to new connections of, yeah, I would say actually both of the romantic variety and of the friendship variety and, and like somewhere in between too, like, or yeah, somebody like new acquaintances too. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. It's hard though to have an acquaintance though on Zoom. Like how would y'all even acquaint unless you're intentional about it? Yeah, it might be like you're working on a new work project and, um, I see. Okay. Like you're, so you're there is a way to like, space. Space. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, that's fair. And you wouldn't be able to necessarily grab coffee. Of course. Um, it's interesting you know this because, or noted that because on one of the virtual events that I did, it was a collection of people from graduate school and I hadn't met everybody. Or there was a few people that I hadn't met at all ever. And so I was introducing myself. And Namusa, when I tell you, I forgot how to introduce myself because... It had been so long since I needed to. Can, can we end the episode maybe by you introducing yourself to the listeners and I'll do the same? Like the way that I did it then or the way that I should do it now? <laughs> no, no, do it the way you did it then. Hi, my name is Adadana. I live in Nairobi. <laughs> Sorry, was that pause intentional? Yes, that was okay. not the internet. That was me. <laughs> Using silence to reinforce the fact that I wasn't indeed silent. I just could I couldn't remember. I was like, what do I normally say? <laughs> yeah. I really had to think like what do, what like and not this was like a really existential question of like who am I? <laughs> but like just like what do, what do I know? What do I actually say to people when I introduce myself? Like I haven't had to do that to a new person. At that point, I think it was three months. Yeah. At this point, it's now five. Like, wh- how did I present myself? <laughs> Um, and then I think I eventually figured it out like, oh, right. Like this is what I like to do in my free time. <laughs> Something about but long walks on the it beach. Was, uh, yeah. You know, the huge Tanzanite, like <laughs> loafers. I know that the loafers is a nod to you, but yes, thank you. yeah, that's, that's what happens. So, I haven't worn a loafer everybody else in, though. okay, no, that's true. Um, I, I don't think I've worn loafers in three months. I have, I have loafers with me, Andy, but like, I don't think I've worn them because I haven't really left. I know. So where am I stunting when I my loafers do? the same yeah I've basically worn the same clothes like or same like three or four outfits over the course of the last five months and just like rotated in my laundry <laughs> like uh, I did wear a blazer today if that makes you feel any better I wore one too for a work call mm, me too um I'm like let, let's actually turn on the video this is yeah, yeah been I'm my like, life flex. so I started out being like please don't turn on this video I really would like to be working from my bed and now yeah. I have like a desk setup situation I'm like putting on makeup occasionally wearing blazers and Ooh. I'm like and, and I feel like it's flipped I'm like trying to get people to turn on their videos yeah. and they're like no no we were trying to do this before and I want to be yeah so on a related note, I think I've worn real clothes. I can count it on like two hands how many times I have. Like I have done virtual game nights from bed in my PJs. And these are like people I know. So I'm like, guys, I love y'all, but like, let's be serious. Yeah. <laughs> so, Comfort over everything. But there was, there was a work call that I was on and it required work clothes. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to wear like the good underwear. Mm. I'm about that life um, recently too. Like wear the nice Yeah, way. and so I have... Yeah, I was like, let me, you know, let me, let me, you know, it's a real work outfit. Mm-hmm. And even though like nobody could see a panty line elsewhere, I was like, I know what I should be wearing with this. And that's <laughs> so, so I did. And I caught myself in the mirror, no lie. And I was like, oh, hello, hi. I was, I was like, wait, is that true? Did you just become the creepy, oh, the creepy cat caller? But to yourself, oh, like you're the coach God. again. This is Jimmy from LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> if nobody knows me, Jimmy from LinkedIn. People, oh, you can send voice notes on LinkedIn, and someone should have said no. <laughs> anyway, I caught myself in the mirror, just like you know, because I was moving from like one cover to the other, and I just it was a quick, and I was like, wait a sec, what? I listen, listeners, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot. <laughs> And it's probably for the best because it's not like I need to be reminded, but I was like, wait, damn, girl. So if nothing else, wear some nice underwear or wear a nice outfit just to remind yourself that, you know, it's possible. 
And on that note, um, <laughs> no, I think like if we if we call the episode Glory Hole and then we end it with talking about lace panties uh, to remind yourself that you still got it regardless of your gender, I'm here for it. Um, New episode title, Glory Holes and Lace Panties. Done. I think that's a great way to end the season. Um, so <laughs> until the next season, oh, which dear. will be out when this one airs, we're going to take a month and a few hiatus um and we will be back with some really incredible new content in the next season we have interviews lined up from incredible incredible guests that we will drop when we do the trailer for the next season but we would love to hear from you let us know um if you have any feedback questions comments from uh this season both the allies series as well as our regular episodes with interviews and if there's stuff that you want to or people stuff topics that you want us to cover in the next season addy tell the people what they want to hear well i don't know what you want to hear but thank you again for rocking with us not only for four years a whole phd in europe slash an undergraduate degree in the united states and canada and many other countries global pandemic Uh, through a global pandemic Um, we really appreciate your support for listening. Thank you for, for the season as well. Going through the changes as we have changed in the last four years, it's still mind-boggling to me that this is something we have done for this amount of time. Um, and you all have been a really key component of that. Um, in terms of how to find us, if you're listening, you already have. But to ensure that you have all the information you need to be great and spread the word, um, on Twitter, we are at Africana, A-F... Oh, I almost messed that up. A-F-R-A-C-A-N-A-H. Hmm. edit that out we're gonna edit that out never <laughs> um on instagram at africana the same thing a-f-r-a-c-a-n-a-h on facebook at africana podcast you can ask us any questions that you may have or any suggestions for guests or topics what have you at ask africana at gmail.com that's once again ask africana at gmail.com and of course an appeal for those of you who have been listening whether this is your first episode or your 41st and change or no i think by this point it'll be 43 and change with some special ones that have occurred over throughout the years please uh like rate subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That's how the algorithms work, and that's how the word gets out. Um, And we would really appreciate your support on that front. And with that, take care of yourselves. But in the spirit of all the advice we've given thus far, or don't, if that's not what you want to (laughs) do. I'm I'm going to be hopeful, or don't, and hug yourselves really tightly, because you deserve it. Or don't. Yeah, And and no matter where you are... No matter where you are, whether it's Reunion or Nepal or Oman or Saudi Arabia or the U.S. or Canada, Germany, South Africa, U.K., Ireland, uh, you know, China. I mean, there's been a whole host of folks that we've been surprised by and we've, we've remarked about over the years. But wherever you are, we do really wish you the best and we thank you for spending some time with us as always. Bye. Bye.